The following podcast contains three mates talking shit over some beers. As you can imagine, the language can get a wee bit hairy from time to time. So, get involved. Grab a beer and join us for Drunk Therapy, the podcast. I feel like every time I start this podcast, people immediately know something's up with the other two. So, Gary Foggs is with us tonight. Gary, how are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Good, because you're here to witness history, because we're about to have our first podcast Tommy Cooper situation on us. Anxiety has struck James. He's genuinely thinks he's going to die this isn't even like a drill so genuinely about half an hour before you came in i was walking around the uh, boardroom and well we record and i was breathing in and out like they teach you when you're having a panic attack and 10 seconds yeah i was like (sighs) and then i was going you can't die you can't die on a fucking wednesday night in November before <laughs> a podcast with Gary Folds. This is know? a great time to die, mate. This is a great time to die. <laughs> Christmas, your funeral will be like loads of nice flowers. Like you have Christmas hampers in your coffin. And Gary might make a video for you and you might go fucking viral. Yeah. yeah. I, I, may, I may get your job. I've got loads of time off just now. Mate, take it, please. please. <laughs> it's giving me anxiety. But genuinely, from a, from a serious perspective, I, I'm getting fucking heart palpitations. I'm getting chest pains. I'm, something's got up with my throat. Oh, I'm sweating profusely up. at <laughs> points. So if I died you on this podcast, you have my permission to keep going. Sounds like you're on Herbalife. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the keto <laughs> diet until like, after five days off carbs. I've lost a stone. <laughs> and yeah. the thing is, though, you do this all the time. Like honestly, every second week, you're like, "I'm dying, I'm dying." Hey guys, I'm dying. I've got a sore hand. I think I've got nut cancer. Like every time we talk to you, <laughs> that, that was very, like, very different. Yeah. Yeah. Levels. There. You're like yeah. the giraffe in Madagascar. <laughs> Ross for friends He's just always going to die Shane your grasp of mental health Never ceases to amaze (laughs) Have you got a funeral plan yet? Because there's some good deals going Mate I've said this before Just stick me in a fucking bin man If you can chop my body up Put it around some compost So it absorbs I'm happy with that I don't need to go anywhere The thought of anyone paying for my funeral Or me paying for my funeral Is fucking disgusting Somebody's got to pay for it But this is I just don't want to jinx myself but you see the amount of bins that you get, right? Mm-hmm. Like in my back garden right now, I've got four bins. Surely there needs to be a body bin mm-hmm. at some point. That you know you a never put out bin? unless. That's right. what I've been using the brown bin for for about four years now. <laughs> Just that's that 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 is, no. bodies. <laughs> was it not? Was it not? Uh, oh, what's his name? Reggie. Was it not Reggie who was saying you don't actually need to bury someone? So like as long as you don't have them where kids can find them, you can chuck them in the freezer and shit. Like you could, James. We could chuck you in a chest freezer. And then just when we have a barbecue, remember you the right way. Just make sure it's not Iceland. Is that not? (laughs) That's how Jeffrey Dahmer get caught, but because they went into his and he had heads and limbs. I think somewhere in the freezer. But then he said, it's legal. It's my aunt. (laughs) (laughs) And he never never got convicted for it. I think he's now the mayor of Kentucky or something, (laughs) Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Trendsetter. (laughs) So I might die. What's the second reason you're starting the podcast? The second anxiety was Shane was freaking his beans just before we came in. (laughs) Because Gary, you've brought your youngins with you. My two boys, yeah. And uh, Shane was freaking out that he couldn't swear in the studio. Oh, I teach so, uh, swear at the Glaswegian kids. Fucking hell, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My kid's first word was fuck. <laughs> and then the police. <laughs> so, I, I've been with my girlfriend, what, around about maybe eight years. I actually don't know. I'm saying it's eight years. Hope she never listens and it's more than that. But that's her only started to get annoyed with the fact that I use, like, see how people pause when they speak. I use swear words to fucking... Mm-hmm you know, well, effectively speak, yeah. you know, so instead of pausing, I'll say fuck, bastard, shit, mm-hmm. and she's having a fucking proper go at me for it, yeah, and that's eight years in, I think that I'm well within my rights to say this is, this has been me the whole time. Do you know, I think they've got something wrong with me, because I, 
like when I do radio or TV, I don't swear. It's like my subconscious changes. Yeah. And then I go and I'm just like, I've doubled up in swear words. Yeah, you're like, you've saved them up. You like, just need to Aye, fucking push them out. But nobody's ever had to actually tell me not to swear. It's, it's like... bizarre, but I still can't control myself in front of kids. But like mm-hmm. like you're saying, Nelan, like a professional <laughs> environment is cool, but I just saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. the worst kids well, yeah, in the world. The good thing is... He's is available that... for kids' parties, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the swearing man, the swearing fat man that just turns up and swears at children. But kids, are, especially for Glasgow, I mean, I grew up, this is possibly because I grew up as a Hibs fan, so... Bad language was just fucking indoctrinated into me for an early age. Did you just shout, shout my team was shite all the time? <laughs> like, pretty much, I, Get in there, shite, eh? That's an interesting thing that you were saying about using swearing as like a pause word, because in Edinburgh they say likes. Hey, you know likes? Whereas in Glasgow we say fucking. Aye, fucking. Aye, fucking, 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 aye. fucking, aye, that's what I mean. Aye. The fucking, fucking thing. <laughs> that's a lot of pauses. <laughs> so um, nah, the youngins are with us, but they're, they're outside. Literally outside, we just It's kind of like, mind you, a wee and your old man would leave you outside when he went to the pub. We've just done that. It's pissing down. It's like minus two degrees outside, but the kids are in a good they're place. Filling, they're filling my cars with computers. As we speak. <laughs> <laughs> your, your dad will say, I'm just got to see a man about a dog uh, yeah. all the time. What did that mean? He's got to shag your auntie. <laughs> I found it out the hard way. He took it out the freezer for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Defrosted it for a while. Throw it around. I thought, I yeah, 24 oh. hours. Stop making me laugh. I'm definitely going to die if I laugh too much. How funny would that be? Though? That'd be the perfect way to die. Like what, if you just laughing? go out like smiling. He's like, <laughs> and what? then we're like, oh, mate, he went out in a happy place. So can, I, like can, I go, fucking... can I go back to the frozen auntie? Aye. Like, yeah, do you know how you get these guys that buy the sex dolls? Well, I don't know them, but I'm not one of them. <laughs> you can just uh, freeze your auntie, can you just like, defrost her and fuck her, then put her back in again? Is this too dark? Because that guy's on it, then Kentucky Mir, he's definitely <laughs> shagged his auntie. How long? You probably get about 10 uses out of her, though, uh, because every time you defrost her, something would fall off. Inevitably, there'd be decomposition eventually. Mm-hmm. So, um, 10 uses out of an auntie, then you need to go from the next auntie. <laughs> 10 uses out of an auntie. <laughs> All my aunties are still alive, though. Like, what the fuck do I do? Excuse me, you're going to just jump in this freezer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this was Captain Bird's Eye's original intentions. Yeah. <laughs> you could call it the freezer challenge, then you never tell them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going viral on the Facebook. Okay, I'll get yeah. in the freezer then. Everybody's stupid anyway when it comes to stuff like that, like, I, I can't believe I'm actually saying this out loud, but if you're listening at home, please don't chuck your Great, uh, your auntie in the freezer and try and fuck her. Like, just a disclaimer. We're, we're going in opposite directions here. I'm thinking about getting a wee van that comes and picks your auntie up for you, you know, instead of like a coroner. It's like the fucking freezer fucking van. <laughs> Is that? Why are we all trying to fuck our granny? Like, I know I'm the guy that's called the insiest guy, but no like... one said anything about granny. Oh, sorry, sorry, auntie, auntie. Just, you're sick in the head, mate. Granny's what is wrong with you? What is wrong? Get me off this podcast. All, all I'm fucking <laughs> Not again, anyway. <laughs> the weird thing is, we covered a similar topic to this a few fucking a few weeks ago when he wanted to put the dead relative ashes in the dildo, wasn't it? I was shame wanted to fuck a dead relative with the dildo. Oh, don't you forget about no, me? No, I was not the one that said put your dead relatives in the fucking dildo. You were the one that came up with this idea. But the only people I know that are dead are relatives. So I was like. I'm not going to chuck my fucking nana so, in there. So it was you that put relatives in it, is what you're saying. I, I just came up with the concept for pensioners to put their loved ones or deceased. Do you, do you know what I love, right? I love that we're in a commercial radio studio, right? 
and there could be a chance this is just Erin and London. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth FM has got weird. <laughs> I'm literally two buttons away from making that happen. <laughs> Don't fucking tempt him, man. Like, I just, like, this is like, James is like, I'm going to die fucking, I might as well quit at the same time. If, if you're dying. fucking famous we would get, man. Uh, that's like, that's hydro material. If, it's, if you are going to drop dead at any second, James, please put us on Smooth yeah. FM before you go. I genuinely could put us on Smooth from this oh, studio don't. as well, but I, I want proper pirate radio on it. Like, wait, you've got an opportunity. Wait up, Gary. I want you to be as smooth as you can. Just imagine for a second we're on smooth. Mm-hmm. Just give us Gary smooth 10 seconds. Go. Give us some smooth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Smooth FM. We are going to play Marvin Gaye so you can fuck your auntie. <laughs> Good. I like the sexy music as well. And like you give them something to think yeah. about. They make it, it makes it relatable, I guess. I feel bad. Can we like maybe veer away from fucking aunties for a wee second? <laughs> okay, I'm up for that. Um, fucking uncles Aye Aye Funkles Tuesdays That's the true meaning of those pop vinyls yeah. things <laughs> Funkles pop vinyls you, you wanted to pull Shane up about his swearing didn't you Well this was the, the thing that really baffled me Was that before you were like about half an hour ago going oh, I don't know if I can swear because there's kids in the room You are probably You're not that we're all foul mouthed on this podcast But you, you like to say outlandish things You like to have your hot takes on topics But every time you're on social media You fucking censor your swearing and it's not a bad thing it's just it blows my mind to the point that you were on a work night out two or three weeks ago a picture went up that you weren't happy with and even when you were steaming drunk <laughs> you still censored out the you and the word cunts and that fucking like why like what is show you're watching she might have been so fake no yeah. it's not being fake it's just i think can't trust a cunt like no that. no what happens Emphasis is my facebook is for like my relatives not the one not my aunties but you know my, <laughs> the people that live back in new zealand so it's like mum dad fucking people's grandparents and shit. So like, I don't want them to be just saying like, can't fuck shit. I want them to at least think I'm a nice person. But, or, you know, like I'll, I'm only trying to trick them into thinking like, so they don't feel bad about raising a shithead. And if you look on my Facebook profile, no shit, this is a true story. My <laughs> profile is, you know, you can have like facebook.com slash 977254. It's whatever, that's your ID. Mine is facebook.com forward slash my goal is to make elderly people smile. <laughs> what, did you, did you like, Fucking look it, at, you look at the corresponding letters on the phone and make it an award. No, 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 no. Like you can change it, you can edit it, but you can only do it once. And I thought, what? Am, what is going to be timeless? Like, because I was young and I was like, fuck, I should do something funny or savage or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I want something that's going to last the t- stretch of time. And, and like, old people smiling is always fucking delightful. So, isn't it? Two Maybe, things from that. Sorry, James. Um, one, the way to make old people smile is to buy them the dough. Don't you forget about me for Christmas <laughs> once it's released for commercial sale. Secondly, though, is that's fine. That's all well and good. But you also do it on our social media accounts and think of the stuff we talk about. So what I'm wanting to do is I want to lay down a challenge to you right now. Do you have your phone in your hand? Oh, uh, yes. No. Yes. What I want you to do, right, I'm going to give you my phone and okay, I'm going to log it into the Drunk <laughs> Therapy Twitter account and I just want you to tweet the word cunt. No, but you know Uncensored, what? just do it. And you're, going to, you're going to type it yourself and you're going to hit submit, no context, so that maybe in <laughs> two or three weeks' time when this comes out, people will go, ah, that's why that happens. Is but I want you to do it. I want so you... One of the longest punchlines you'll ever have. People are going to be on the edge of their fucking seat for what three weeks. What does it mean? <laughs> See, I, I fucking hate this. Oh, eh? no, 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 wait. No, don't, don't do that. Because they'll think it's about me. <laughs> <laughs> people for three weeks will think that guy must have been a dick. Yeah. What's... Uh, What's your Twitter handle, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> At Capital Radio. <laughs> At, At Gary Spence. <laughs> Two R's underscore. 
All right, so I've got Gary in there. Now, do, uh, do you want me actually to drop a fucking cunt in there? Mate, just do it. Like, fuck's sake. <laughs> so I'm going to say, Gary Folds, cunt. No. No, no, me. Just the word cunt. Oh, right. I thought I was oh, taking about it. About we it. want the fucking retweets. We want the retweets. People, it'll make the Scottish sun tomorrow you, if we it, say as it. As opposed to cunt, you could tweet, shut your fucking face, anti fucker. <laughs> I play on South Park and what this episode title could be. Hey, well yes. done. He's happy with no, it. Cunt. No, just cunt. Just no cunt. No cunt. No cunt. Danny's so obsessed with us, he's went off mic. <laughs> which, which really fucks with my, my producer OCD. Back on mic, come on. There we go. There we go. Well, you, 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 I, I censor it, but you know why? Because... Did you just censor that? <laughs> what the fuck? Thing is, I, I like do our social media and stuff, some of our social media, and I've had a 15-minute argument, 15-day argument, 15-year argument with fucking Facebook because they're like, no, we can't. We can't boost that one because it has swear words in it. And I'm like, get the fuck. And they're like, no, that one has swear words as well. You can't like <laughs> yeah, swear on and videos. That, that's Twitter, mate. Ah, we're not going to. We're not going to feel like cunts anyway. Exactly. exactly. We're it's not going to in charge of that shit, mate. He's in charge of. Everything. We're not going to promote the tweet, Shane. I, I feel. I don't know. I feel a bit fucking. Do it, do it for me and delete that one because you can't edit it. Delete that one and write the word cunt. No, no, no I think it's, it's just a stupid. It's staying there now and. People are fucking judging like, you hard right now. I won't actually say what I was about to say because it's 2019, so I can't. Oh, do it, do it. No, nah, I can't. You're sober as well. Get yourself in trouble. You I can't about- believe I'm the only cunt drinking in this room right now. But how way. can you say it in real life? You can't say it on Twitter. You just say it there. Yeah, no, I drop cunt all the time, but I just don't. I'm going to tag your nan in this video. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast. My nan's dead. Bro. Oh, sorry. Shed your freezer. He's nan. <laughs> His nan is one dead cunt. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I actually got a, a, I was arguing with a guy once and I was like, he was just slagging me and I said, shut up, mate. I shagged your ma, right? Kinda, I, I was, I was I, as a comedian at the time and he's like, my mum's dead to me and I replied back saying, yeah, I fucked her to death. Yeah. <laughs> and I left it a minute and took it off. I was like, nah, 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 nah. Go, go <laughs> right. So you were doing this online? Yeah, the guy was just Fucking slagging me. I was like, was that a it's, shagger, man? It's a cop-out answer. Like, it does, everyone's used it so much now that it's a cop-out answer. You're not allowed to do that anymore. What's right? it? My I grandparents had you, though. Yeah, but you can't throw that card when you're trying to get into some sort of... Fight, yeah. Yeah. Just say I'm shite. Macho riddle. Tete-a-tete. Mm. You're a shite bag, mate. That's it. I just think there's no need for it. Okay, okay. <laughs> if you if you sit back and uh, by the way, you're all a bunch of sober people, and I feel like I'm being don't don't bullied. alcohol shame us. We're well, all no, having no, no, fun. No, it's a great it's, time. It's drunk therapy. Been, wait a minute, I've been taking heroin before I came here. Ah, exactly. yeah, no, you're That's what my kids were doing. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was <laughs> wondering why you're walking in and you're like, ah, it's happening, man. A proper like tweaking. I was like, yeah, this is good. This would be a great. I told podcast. you those heroin kits would work. I guess. Yeah, right. Well, speaking of Facebook, right. That's basically fucking blew you up in the past 12 months, hasn't it? Unbelievable. <laughs> so what happened? Take us back. I'm sure a few people have heard this before. Uh, but So I had my taxi and I was giving up comedy. I was getting like 40, 50 quid for a gig. Five kids. It wasn't working. I was like, this is fucking horrendous. I need to get a full-time job. So I got the taxi and somebody had says, Facebook are starting this new live video thing. You should give it a try because you're quite funny and random. So I was like, right, I'll put it on. At the time, I had just joined Pure Gym and I was like, right, what the fuck will I talk about? I'm sitting outside Pure Gym and I thought, you know what? I'll speak about Pure Gym. And what my problem was with Pure Gym was that I had joined Pure Gym and had realised that every Pure Gym has got a McDonald's outside it, right? <laughs> so I'm a wee fat guy trying to lose weight and all I can smell is fucking chicken nuggets. Is this the one Rob Royston? That's it, Rob Royston, right? <laughs> yes. And it was the breakfast I had on my horns, like, so I did that. I put it out. I come back home at night time. We've got five kids, right? Comes in the house. My wife's standing at the door 
jumping up and down with excitement. And she's like, guess what? Guess what? And I was like, yes, your periods came. <laughs> <laughs> like, no more kids, man. <laughs> she's like, no, you cheeky bastard. Look at your Facebook. And it was like two million hits. Fuck. And that was it. And it just went mental. The next day, it was the an agent had fought me, David Hopkins at these promotions. And he's like, mate, do you want an agent? And I'm like, mate, I've even got gigs. I'm doing an open spot at the stand. And that's all I've got booked in because I, I, I can't just do my gigs. That's mental, like that immediate though. That was it. It was oh, the next night I got the phone call and it was there. Uh, we booked the Palace Theatre. So I was doing like loads of little pub gigs, like 30 seats, and then like a theatre in the middle. So that's massive, 500 seat of theatre, then a wee 30 seat in Cuck and Tulloch. And did, like, did you have a comedy gigs. set representative of the, like, you know, the gigs that you were going to be playing? Because if so you were I'm, just doing. I've been a comedian for five years at this point. So, so I've you've got, got an hour. hour. I've got, got an hour, hour ready there. primed and, and worked hard with. It's just so hard to break it in the comedy circuit. Especially the fact I'm, I'm not going to be PC, but I'm a white middle class male. There's too many of us. Ah, yeah. So everybody else naturally should get the opportunity. So it's harder being white and doing comedy because you, you don't fit the agenda that we're moving forward, if you get me. I get, um, I get, I get what you're... And I don't mean <laughs> that in a negative way. I mean, it's a good thing because there should be men, women, there should be multi-race people, there should be gay people. That's the way it should be. But You need to scrap to get the tap. See, when you were saying that you cancelled your, your open mic gigs, mm-hmm. was that just you getting ready to chuck it? Getting ready to chuck it. Aye, I had that... six, six paid gigs booked in. I had like the standard of thunder and I was just like, do you know what? See, after these gigs, that's me done with it. I need yeah. to make money for my family. I was sick of getting 40 quid a gig and paying 50 quid to drive to Manchester. I was spending 10 quid and my kids, we were in homeless accommodation when I sold at SSE. So my first SSE gig, we were living in homeless accommodation because we couldn't afford to fucking live. Jesus. And that's how sudden it was and how quick it all came. Like, I sold at the SSE, got a 27 grand check, and I couldn't cash the check until after the show. So I'm sitting in 27 grand, and I'm living in a fucking homeless accommodation, going to a food bank. It was messed up. But it was nice, because we appreciated the journey. Yeah. You, you ever sat somewhere and struggled, and then went, do you know what, we're struggling, but seeing two months' time, we're going to get a check for 27 grand. And that was that was that was the, the, the fucking the angle went it. I'd have had that spent well in advance. Oh. I didn't <laughs> mean fucking Imagine maxing out credit fucking cards. Coke and those in beans when you're getting twenty seven grand in three months. What How was much cocaine f- you can get with that? What was the f- <laughs> <laughs> what was the first thing you bought when you got a big paycheck in? I spent the whole thing on a holiday for a week. Where'd you go? The Tenerife, stayed nice. in a massive villa. Twenty seven v- grand villa for was, a trip to Tenerife. <laughs> villa, villa was twelve thousand pounds for a week. It was a massive mansion. Etchel. Actual mate, that's 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 a that's a lesson a lesson in scheme financial responsibility. Right there. It's like it was <laughs> worth it, funny, but it was we only back, a week. We were skint again. <laughs> <laughs> fucking that's like, my heart so much. That's a year's rent. It was like everybody was getting like night shoes, Nike Air Max, iPhones. Like fucking, we just went mental, and it was at Christmas time as well. Yeah. So and you know what? I just thought, you know what? This might never happen again. This might just fucking end, and that's what you feel like when you get immediate success because you can go up, you can go back down just as quick. I want everybody to remember this moment and that's what we did we just went mental and see just to rewind it back a wee bit the mm-hmm. day after and then that agent phones you mm-hmm. was there a plan in place did he say right we need more of these videos Gary you need to this needs to be your your thing mm-hmm. that's what he said you keep doing them and I was like I'm going to do it anyway because I was driving the taxi so I was stomping the taxi half eight every morning and just didn't have a video about anything it wasn't the pre-cost material it wasn't the planned material Put the video in and I just spoke shite for three minutes, turned it off and it went mental. Everyone was going nuts. That's wild, isn't it, oh, man? Yeah, it's, it's mental how fucking, like you were saying. The amount of free shit I get, it's, it's amazing. It's, I've seen that <laughs> there. Like, I can precursor getting something free. Tell I us. can go in and just go like, oh my God, me and my mate might go tonight, where should we go? 
and you just get these restaurants like, please, please come to us with these free alcohol. Like you can actually pitch them against each other. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Mister Sings, always a belter. Is Levita good though? Levita, you know, give <laughs> you so much. It's like, and then that's how I met James. Aye, James is like, can I use your socials? Come into Donna Kebab and get a <laughs> plug capital. <laughs> it's like, that was, I was like, ah, win win, and we'll get him on a podcast at some point. <laughs> can you help us get free beer? <laughs> so, do you want a free German Donna Kebab? Which is funny because I just this is this is why. Scammy people like me should they have money? I was sitting one day and I was on Facebook and I'd seen that the guy who invented the Donna kebab in Berlin had died. He invented the kebab in 1972. So it was this bail on Facebook about how he invented the kebab in Berlin. And I was sitting one day and I'm like, fuck me, if I think the kebab in Morello's is good, how good is it in Berlin? So the next day, me and my wife flew to Berlin to get a kebab, and it's just like, see things like that, that's what's, it's fun, you know what I mean? That was the last of that 27 grand. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I just fucking blow it so much. That's how much a Ryanair flight is the night before you fly out somewhere. <laughs> that's right? for the shit seats. <laughs> well, um, do you ever struggle, though, with expectation when you're doing these videos? So you're like, no, fuck, is just, it just stream of consciousness every single just time? just fucking throw it out, turn it off, and never look at the comments. Ever? <laughs> nah, what's the point? You get some cunt like that, you're shite. I've done it before and it just annoyed me. Because obviously I love my following, Matt. If it wasn't for my following, I wouldn't be here. I didn't have the TV or the radio come and saying, right, here's your opportunity. It was people who put me where I'm. So I keep it like that. I keep it true to the people. So I'll reply to them for an hour. And then after that, I don't go near it again. Do you ever find, though, like, if you're replying to people, mm-hmm. is it hard not to reply to the hate? Because you would, like... I just block it and fuck it out. Because what happens, if I reply to the hate, it flags it up on my system and then what will happen is all my crowd will start going for them and then you might cause that person to get bullied online because Mm -hmm. it's like you can't I'm a champion for mental health so I would hate to be the guy that encourages somebody getting hate so I just block it fuck them away and then move on and and that's the the problem with social media the bigger the reach you get the bigger the country attract and it's just the the thing that kind of blows my mind about it so this is my I'm in my fourth season so I've got fuck knows why I'm mentioning Mm -hmm. Hibs for the second time in one podcast but I do their social media for them in match days Mm -hmm. And this season isn't going very well. So you can imagine what Twitter replies are like and after every game or every comment you make. And it, it blows my mind how unoriginal it all is. And someone asked me last week, like, oh, is everything all right? Because it's like, you must get see a lot of grief on a Saturday. Like, well, it's not me personally. It's like aimed at... It's a team. A it's a brand <laughs> that's getting abused. <laughs> I'm not going, oh, it's 5-2 Celtic and there's 100 replies going, fuck off, Danny. You're fucking hopeless. <laughs> Your tweets are wrong. But people, Danny, you anti-fucker. <laughs> if you just said... You heard the podcast. <laughs> if you said we were winning 4-0, we'd be booking our tickets for the final. Everything would be great. But folk think when they're doing the trolling stuff and don't get me wrong but when i was younger i've seen the funny side to a lot of it but nobody's got original patter nobody it's all the same fucking soul well, this, this is the problem with me right because i've no had the, the etiquette to be a celebrity i don't count myself as a celebrity and i know like people would call me a celebrity right but if somebody at the start when it first all kicked off if somebody was like you're shy i was looking at a profile seen where they stayed, seen who their pals was, and I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to find that wee guy and I'm going to fucking smash him, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and my wife's like, you can't do that. You can't. I'm like, no, he's pals with John Ross. I'll fucking get his number and I'll kick his head in, you know what I mean? But that's it, that's it the spring coming out That's it. it. But people, and I can't fight, so my head kicked in, you know what I mean? But that, that's the scheme mentality. And, and I, I, that's been the biggest process, is like trying to have etiquette about myself, trying not to bash somebody down, trying not to put some of these, I mean, there's, there's been horrific things says, man, about my wings, and I'm dying to put their picture on with a screenshot of their comment, but you could ruin somebody's life, mm. it's fucking suicide, it comes for this stuff, and it's like, 
I've just got used to just blocking it, remove it, and it doesn't affect me after 10 seconds. It's like, so it's all going really, really well for you relatively mm-hmm. quickly. Do you ever kind of shit yourself a bit and go, fuck, when does it end? Nah. I, do you know what? I just couldn't give a fuck now. Like, <laughs> that, that armadillo was above my dream. It, was, it wasn't even a dream. It was like, one of the goals you set, yeah. and you're like, it's never going to happen. It's like, I'm going to win £10 million Monday in the lottery. And then you fucking you've got a winning lottery ticket. But I went on that stage in Amadillo. That was it. See, after that, I just love my journey, and it's I give to charity quite a lot because I'm like, do you know what? See if I'm going to go it one day. I'm going to go it the right way. I'm going to go it be, to be the guy that made it, helped his community, and fuck it, I'll go back to driving a taxi. I quite like it. I've had a great life, and it's just out of interest. Was it Broomhill Cars you worked for? I worked for Broomhall as well and company cars. The only reason I'm asking that is because I was saying to my sister the other day that you were coming on and she's like, she stays in Kirky. And she's like, I'm sure he was a taxi driver around here. That's so right. Broomhall was my first one in company cars. I met just now, but I'm ready to chuck it. What's your favourite part of Kirky? Uh, zero. <laughs> <laughs> zero. I quite liked Club Go. Or was it Tantra or something? Tantra was the one up in the main street. Club Go was the one down east side. It's a canal capital of Scotland, Kirky. It is a canal. I used to, see when people used to phone from oh. Kirk and Tart on the show, I used to tell them that, drop them some knowledge as if it was a good fact. <laughs> I then I now realise, saying it out loud, it's a pure pish fact. <laughs> it's the, it's I got easiest. proper hate when I first went to Kirky because uh, it was a Kirky Canal Festival <laughs> and, and I had painted out the sea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the anal festival, it says. It's the easiest piece and of people graffiti. people happy at all. Like. Every entrance to Kirky has, welcome to Kirky and Tillich, Canal, capital of Scotland. <laughs> and of course you're going to stop the car and get a key and scrape out the sea because it's fucking funny. Like, it's so childish, but it's very funny. Well, you never see the... What was your biggest gig before the Armadale? Uh, Hamilton was 800. And, like, I mean, so you're bought taking two, uh, 2,200 extra people mm-hmm. and, and add them in. Tappy as well. And you are fucking, you're on this massive stage and you know that some of the biggest comedians in the world are playing it. Some of the biggest artists in the world I've have played it as well. I've seen some of my favourite comedians, sat in, even in, in the last year or two. I've sat in that room and watched Jim Jeffries and Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. And, and see, see, on that stage, man, it was just fucking wild. I just felt, I'm going to just wake up one day and I'm going to be a junkie or something, you know, fucking <laughs> pissy close, you know what I mean? Like, I don't deserve to be here. I'm getting imposter syndrome quite a lot. Yeah, how do you deal with that? Because I've know. spoken about that, yeah, and I'm, the guys, apart from Shane, who's Teflon when it comes to mentality, mm-hmm. they, you know, we get that a wee bit, don't we? I'm doing the, the, like the corridor on the, the Amadil, and it's like, you see Bridges, you see Bill Burton, you see Catherine Ryan, Milton Jones, and you're just like, fucking, I don't match up to any of these people. It wasn't for the people when they be here, so I struggle with that, but I'm like, do you know what? People keep putting me here, or keep coming here. Do you feel that way with the kindness? You see, you're talking about that check for 27 grand, and it's very interesting you say about imposter syndrome because I stopped, so I'd done open mic. That's for, how I spent it so fucking quick. Yeah. I'd done open mic for what, four or five years maybe? And one of my last gigs was James let me do 10 minutes at a comedy night that was being arranged by his work. So I was sitting in a room with Mark Nelson, Des Clark, Raymond Mearns. And obviously, like the guys that were on, I think it was Ray Bradshaw as well, time, possibly. He's brilliant. And I'd done ten minutes to he, open he's, that. He's in next, <laughs> and it went reasonably well. But I was sitting in that room back there, going, "I don't fucking belong here." Like these guys are been going around the country and doing TV, and I think I maybe done about two two gigs after that, mm-hmm. and then chucked it because it was an expensive hobby. I'd convinced myself that you're never going to get anywhere. That like, why would anyone give you a paid gig and you're driving to Dunfermline to do five minutes and it's costing you, you fucking need, you 30 quid fit in petrol. that comedy circuit as well. Yeah. And I did the fit in. Scheme so, boy, just no gobby. So when you got that first check, was there a sort of, did you have that fear of what have I done to deserve this or was it just fucking, yes, here we go. Just fucking spend this Aye. as quick as I can before they take it off me and it's, 
Like you look at somebody like Raymond Mearns, that guy should be on that Amadillo stage. Every night, that, every uh, single night. It's unbelievable, mate. He's the, for me, I, tweet, mm-hmm. I went to see him at the Fringe, he was on with Big Gary Little, mm-hmm. another uh, scheme Gary's boy. Brilliant. Um, same scheme as me. Aye, same scheme as me, kind of. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I class Spring Bumble on up in Bumble, the same place, because I kind of flick between <laughs> uh, all of them. But Raymond Mearns, you could literally, you could just watch him as, uh, like your Facebook videos stream of consciousness every single night and it'd be completely different and you would laugh every single time that's for me that's why he's the best comedian in I Scotland would, I, I, I'd probably say a lot of my influence is for Damien Mearns I was very quick to realise how good he actually was and I just and if I was gigging him I would just sit and watch him I wouldn't have a beer I would stay back every gig he was on and just watch everything yeah. he said every interaction I was in the army so I'm trained to profile people it was part of one of my jobs in the army so he was one of the people I kind of looked at and read his body language, read the way he spoke. He's fighting. I, I said to my team when I first started comedy, I said, Raymond, I would love to pay you, mate, to sit down with you and, and get some tips about being a comedian. How do you do it? He's like, neighbor or something. He's brilliant. And uh, I was like, 20 quid. All right, 20 quid. I'll get you at the dram on Tuesday. So I'm sitting at the dram, two notepads, two pens, ready to go so nothing fucks up. He comes in, he sits down. He went, right, what do you want to know? I went, I just need advice about comedy. And he went, just be fucking funny. <laughs> and he got up and walked out the pub. <laughs> did he take the 20 quid? He took the 20 quid. <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there, ah, where the fuck did he go? <laughs> hey, honestly, the guy is a legend. He, he, and that's, he's probably the only person I would think, see if I was good at, if I was going to die one day and I could give my gigs to somebody, they'd be Raymond Mearns. Because he would, he would destroy any comedian in the circuit. And I say that, I, probably every comedian would say that. There's no comedian... TV, anything, anywhere near Raymond Mearns. I'd probably say he's up there on level with Billy Conley. He's just not had the exposure Billy Conley's got. There was him I and... Couldn't agree more. One other comedian that I thought... That Raymond Mearns, were you at the one we went up to Burn Island together for the day? Yeah, he destroyed that lassie who ended up falling so asleep. He's in a, we'd done a pub in Burn Island, literally standing in a fucking box. And it was great, it went really well, but there was a woman who... by the, I was first on and she was alright, but by the time he was headlining, she was fucking leathered and tried heckling and it was it got to the point where it was a little bit uncomfortable like it was funny but it just made it so personal it's so fast and it was it just there was no effort no prep he just went on and was fucking funny the only other person i've gigged with that i've seen do that is joe heenan who if people will know him from twitter he's fucking mm-hmm. tremendous on twitter but he's another one that came in and you're like oh somebody said to him what are you going to do the night and he's like i fuck knows i'll probably just and he went up and he told a really ancient pub joke mm-hmm. But he made it last 20 minutes And it was fucking hilarious Like I envy this I envy this effortlessness Raymond's a comedy god Honestly I thought about one point Getting him to support me And then I was like I couldn't I couldn't have that fear Of him smashed Because he'll smash a gig Unconsciously You'd need to do your Your set and then say Right there's another guy Coming on But he's not a headliner (laughs) (laughs) But stick around for him Please come back See me next year Please 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 come back I'm scheme boy man I'm going guys Come back Like have you ever seen him, Chain? No. Oh fuck! He's you need blessing. to go and see him, man. I, so my agent books him all the time for every gig he gets. And the last one, he done forty minutes about different types of nails <laughs> because, because the guy in the front row was like an electrician or something. That he, that's it. He can't like. He's clearly got a defined stand-up mm-hmm. set that he's written. But as soon as he interacts with that audience, mm-hmm. he, he you almost think that he can't help but just dive into what they're about. Mm-hmm. And because he is a fountain of knowledge and he he's so, so fucking books. clever. Right. He can just talk about it, but he's funny, and it's the way it's his voice. Like genuinely, the way he fucking speaks can he can read the fucking dictionary I, and you'd I be pushing yourself. I done a gig when it was like I fucking don't know, it was a cricket club somewhere, 
and he was just talking. I'm always saying to him, Raymond, I always ask him because he's a guy you want to listen to the note. And I'm like, how are you so funny? And he went, it's confidence, Faldy. It's confidence. <laughs> he went, watch this. And he walked out to the gig and took the mic. I mean, the gig was coming in. People were just getting their seats, right? And he just took the mic, turned the mic on and went, excuse me, big man, what do you do? <laughs> and the guy's like, eh, I'm a doctor. And he went, doctor, eh? What's your favourite kind of dildo? <laughs> <laughs> and he calls that the left turn. It's like, just be confident and do the left turn with confidence. I've seen And some. the guy was like, uh, rampant rabbit. <laughs> and then turned the mic off and went back in the green room and I'm just like, this guy's just frightening. The, frightening. There was, I can't remember the guy's name now. Richard something. Richard Pulsford maybe was his name. I don't oh, know the that, pun guy. Uh, he was, I remember doing a... We must have done the suck at the same time. Possibly, aye. Like, that was my up and coming. Aye, it was him. Me. Larry Dean was also Larry doing Dean, open mic, aye. Well. And uh, he was, where was it? It was a fucking student union out in Edinburgh. And there was literally, it was during the exam period. It was a beautiful sunny day. There was literally five people in this huge student union. Mm. And there was two wee guys, done the boat, couldn't do it. They were too nervous. And this guy just went, oh, watch this. And he started climbing over all the chairs. like for the. We were all standing at the back of the room. And he just started going, because I can, because I can. <laughs> and he just started hurdling over all the chairs. There's five students sitting on like a little couch and he just stands in front of them and goes, because I can, <laughs> yes. And then he gets on the stage and starts doing his routine. And you're like, I'd fucking kill for a fucking tenth of that confidence. Never mind the full You've whack. got to own it, man. You've got to wing it. Comedy is just winging it. There's obviously a skill to comedy. But if you've got the balls to wing it, you'll win. What do you do then? See, the first minute you go on stage, because I, I used to, not comedy, but I used to perform hip-hop back in the day and go, so I've got, I've got a wee bit of insight in what yeah. it is to do a gig. And I know that first minute's so pivotal, like, the for fu- fucking well, setting up minute, your... Your first laugh. Mm. Aye, you but even get, just, like, you get getting laugh, your mentality aye. right, you know, you absorbing what mm. the fuck's happening in that room and then saying, right, this is my job, I'm here to own it. Do you, what do you do when you just first get on that stage? No, different to being a club comic... I'm, I'm a solo show comic, if that's a thing or whatever you call it, a road comic. I go on stage in my first 20 minutes is to establish the room, bring the room into the warmth, bring the room. And, and I'm lucky because when people come to see me, they've sat and watched me talk in a car, on a phone. So they've got a natural relationship with me anyway. But when I go in, I just establish where we are. Like Falkirk, I just talk about big man with the day, the one I put on the day. I'm a tree surgeon, literally I'm a tree pedo, just something that just, <laughs> just brings them. You get a lot of hospital for trees, just anything just to bring them on inside. And then what happens is you've got the room. It's just like, and you make it a big party. That's in my that's my mindset. I need to make this a gaff. I need to make this like I'm standing in a kitchen with five of my pals. Let's get everybody involved. We're all pals. And then when you start landing material, they're just fucking grabbing it after you. It's unreal. Did, but as a club comic, you can't do that unless you're a compere. So it's different. Does it ever blow your mind when people come up and talk about Glasgow crowds being like notoriously difficult? Because I fucking love a Glasgow crowd compared oh. to an Edinburgh crowd. I think any crowd I've I've not had. I mean, as a club comedy, have bad gigs because people aren't really. Not everybody's invested to be there, but when you're solo showing it, everybody wants to see you. So, everywhere's brilliant. The, the wee towns and villages are nuts. Like they're they're the gigs that we go after them because you just end up fucking in somebody's house just full <laughs> of ketamine or something. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Like some farmer's ketamine just like taking off his horse and <laughs> just riding ponies Sharing it with a horse. I, I rode a horse. Yeah. That was my favourite thing this year. This is a unicorn. Scoffable. I, I scoffable, I've seen that. Mate, I'll never lie again. So the guy fought me for scoffable and he's like, can you ride the horse, mate? And the scoffable lads are like the, what's the, the betting company, the Irish one? Paddy, Paddy Power. Power. They're like the Paddy Power lads. They're just fucking wild, mate. They just sit in a room, just stoned and just do stuff. 
can you ride a horse? And I'm like, aye, mate, I can ride a horse. And I put the phone down, and then he phones me back like two weeks before the, the advert, and he's like, right, we'll give you so-and-so to ride the horse in the scoffable advert. And I'm like, no bother. But the fee was so good, I couldn't even see I could ride the horse. So it turns up, and it was just this, this big white horse. It was in Game of Thrones, and it was it was a big horse. Like, I've seen a horse horse. This was a fucking dragon to the size of this thing. So they had to push me up on top of this horse, and I couldn't tell them I didn't know how to ride the horse. I'm, I'm on top of this horse, and I was literally sex for shitting myself. Like, see that? T- your asshole starts to bubble. <laughs> That's what was happening. I was like, I'm going to shit myself in this horse. And uh, and I said to the guy who was holding it, I was like, mate, please keep a hold of this horse in me. Let me get used to it. But his phone went, and he walked away in his phone and left me with the fucking horse. <laughs> so the horse started to walk, <laughs> and I'm like, mate! Mate, <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> fucking horse. So I kicked it to try and get it to stop. No realizing that's fucking that's well, what, what makes it go, go fast. I, so this horse just ran away and I had two guys and other horses chasing me and they're like, just pull it back. And I'm like, I never bother. I'm pulling it with ears and all that trying to get it to stop. <laughs> fucking. Oh, it was nuts. But that was my, my favorite moment. That's uh, the things you'll do for a fee. Eh? That's it. I, you mentioned it above a grand. I'm like, suck a dick, <laughs> grand. Uh, one of the things that. I noticed this year, which is fantastic, um, that you you started because um, we spoke about Bumalock, Springburn, uh, Bolon. You started, uh, and we're we're massive advocates of it on this podcast. Apart from Shane, who doesn't Fuck understand off. it, um, but mental health, and you started a men's anxiety group mm-hmm. in Bumalock Community Centre. That's was right. It? Every Saturday. Every Saturday. Every second Saturday night. Is what? Uh, what kind of inspired you to do that? Because I wanted to be a proper voice in the community. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sick of I'm sick of seeing people who uh, I mean I don't know any celebrities, but I know drug dealers that do well, and as soon as they do well, they fuck off with the scheme and they leave everybody with nothing. So I was kind of like, do you know what? I should believe in a legacy, and I've got bad mental health, I've got bad anxiety, I've got a platform. Let's use my platform. Let's use it for good, and it makes me amazing money and and changes everybody's lives. But it's like I should be using this to good. So the mental health, I done a video one day, and I'm just like, do you know what? I want to be honest. I'm anxious as fuck, and I've ended up busting into tears. And, uh, and I'm like, I want to get, what my original plan was, was to get a group or a guy to do life with so that I could help this guy and say, listen mate, I started comedy because of my anxiety, just to challenge myself, like, and it became a group, I think like 24 guys we had turned up, and there was guys there that were like firearms officers for the police, there was guys that were bin men, scaffolders, workies, and there was guys there you look at and you're like, that guy's a fucking man, you know what I mean, and he's sitting breaking his eyes out and he's like, I'm going to kill myself, and you're like, it's just surreal if you've got anxiety go to a group because you'll leave that group overwhelmed we'd be just let's move forward it's some it's it's a f- and my idea was to pioneer the groups set one up get one of the guys in the group to run it and that's what happens and my pal ryan coots he runs a group he came to the group oh, fucking shelly a guy you know he runs a group he's just different guy and it's just and it's it's not like miracles but you see every time a guy comes in he comes back second and third and fourth week you see him changing you see him getting back on public transport. You see him getting back in contact with his wains. It's just, see, just speaking about something, it's so powerful. You don't need magic tablets. You don't need fucking hypnotherapy. It's good, but speaking about it, it's with the, that's what it's all coming for. It reminds, me, it reminds me so much of Gamblers Anonymous. That's where I, <coughs> I used to go when I was first uh, combating my addiction. I think it's one of the most powerful places on earth. Mm-hmm. And what you said there about the transition between week one to week five and somebody's mentality because mm-hmm. you just isolate yourself so much in your head and you'll fucking absorb you all you? this panic in your mm-hmm. life and destruction, depression, and then as soon as you open your mouth, 
and you hear someone else open their mouth back and say, I identify with that, you're mm. like, fuck, it's a massive weight lifted. So we're all just walking by each other on the street, not knowing how much we're struggling in my head. Mm. It's fucking crazy. I had uh, I tried an SSE last year, and uh, my family know about this, obviously, but after the SSE last year, I, I'd crashed, because the last year was just the normal room, the, the Lowood room, but it was still a big thing for me, but my mental health, I wasn't looking after myself. And I, I tried to commit suicide the day after my, my Glasgow show. So on the outside, everybody's seen a young lad who's got Facebook fame, achieving what he wants to achieve. And, but see, inside, I was fucking broken. And see if it wasn't for the guys in that group the next day. Like, I was on the bridge ready to jump off the thing. So on the phone, and I'm like, going to come and get me. Kai, my mate is. Mm-hmm. He came and got his mate. See if I didn't have that group. Even though I set it up to help people, it's helped me so much. And there's another one started doing Livingston. And we're going to start another one in Ayrshire next. It's, it's just brilliant. Been, these grassroots, these grassroots movement, much mm-hmm. like your comedy, they're saving lives, man. Mm-hmm. It's fucking, it's really, really powerful. It is in, incredible, and it's every time we've got someone in here and we talk about mental health, mm-hmm. that's the message we kind of drill in: is talking, is like opening up to people. But it really is the answer. Like if anyone's listening to this, and I always feel that if I do try and speak to people, which isn't very often, but if I try and speak to people and I can see they're in a situation I've been in before, I'm saying stuff to them that I think. If I'd went back in time and someone was saying this to me, I'd be rolling my eyes and telling them to fuck off mm-hmm. and going, aye, mate, heard it, you're fucking talking pish. But it really does. See, just having that first conversation, it, it just opens up so many doors and so many mm-hmm. pathways. The moment you hear that one person go, I get that, mate, I've had that before as well. Yeah, like, even now, like, and it's weird because what you are saying the day after, you played a massive show mm-hmm. and you, you felt that low. And you are being open and you you were lucky enough to have exposed yourself to people that you can trust in place, uh, you know, your how you're feeling into their hands and they came and supported you and you got you off that bridge. Mm-hmm. But even now, you probably, much like me, much like Danny, and I'm sure Shane to some extent, I don't know if he understands it yet, but even though I understand myself so much better, mm-hmm. I still feel like that. There's still moments where I, woke up, I wake up in the morning and I'm low as fuck and I need to work to pull myself out of it. It's, it's in there, but by talking to people, it really fucking helps. Mm-hmm. It changes your mindset. Because like, when you're not speaking about it, it's, it's, it's just bouncing about your head. You wake up, I'm going to kill myself. If you don't talk to anybody, you're probably going to kill yourself eventually. Because it it's like, I believe in the secret. It's like when you, when you channel something, when you when you aim towards something, it's going to come back, but you aren't. And that's one of the things you wake up, I'm going to have a shit day. I'm going to have a shit day. I'm going to have a shit day. I'm telling you right now, you're going to have a fucking horrible day. Flip your mindset, phone somebody and say, listen, I'm, I think I'm going to have a shit day. Your mate will be like, no, you're no. You're going to have a great day. And it's just it's just getting that release, getting that voice out your head. And somebody just saying, no, it's normal what you're feeling, it's fine. And it's, it's so powerful. I've took everything for anxiety. I've paid for fucking thousands for hypnotherapy. And, and it's reeky, just a fucking spirit witch with a stone, you know what I mean? Like I've tried everything. I was going to write a book about it, just all the different things I've tried. But something works for everybody. But the, the biggest thing that will help you is just speaking about it to another guy or a professional. But I didn't like professionals. They just sat with a fucking clipboard and looking at a cloak, get out. And professionals... Ten hypnotherapists, fucking floxetina, propanonol. I can't talk on professionals, but I can speculate. Mm-hmm. Professionals are there to talk entirely about mm-hmm. what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. Whereas your mate, you can dump your struggles on a wee bit and they'll listen, but they'll also talk about fucking and your auntie. Yeah, but they'll change the conversation up oh, a wee bit, but they won't do it in a disrespectful way. They'll just mm-hmm. carry on the dialect, the dialogue with you mm-hmm. in a normal conversation. So it normalises. I know you're you're feeling a wee bit, mm-hmm. you know, shit, mate. But we're at McDonald's. Let's have a laugh. 
coffee as well, you know. The conversation varies from how you're feeling to normalised conversation to the point where you're walking back and your worries seem a wee bit less Mm -hmm. because you've had a bit of fun, you've enjoyed yourself, you got what's in your chest or in your head out Mm -hmm. and you had a laugh with your mate. But because you're allowed to be open with someone, it helps dramatically. You'd be more open with your mate than you would... A professional Exactly and, and Listen Go to a professional yeah, you, need, you need to go to a doctor You have to go to a doctor If you're suicidal You need to go to a doctor I'll shout out that, for professionals That's your first point of contact Should be You know what I mean And I've done it But I'm only speaking on my experience I'm not speaking on anybody else's experience But if I, I, I had a problem with gear So I went to go and sit And tell my doctor Here mate I'm taking gear Because I've got that Ex-army thing And I'm like I'll go my record I'll be fucked What's wrong with you? Eh nothing Just not feeling well I go to my mate And I'd be like Mate, I've got a two grand gear bill. I'm ready to kill myself. This drug dealer's going to fucking murder me. And my mate would be like, right, I'll help your gear bill. And, and it's just, that's my point of view on it. But professionals are professionals for a reason. Yeah, I'll, I used right. professionals this year. And uh, the one thing that, I can't remember if I said this, or we talked about this when Hannah was in, and I don't think I did. I forgot to make the point. What really amazed me when I went to see the doctor was that you don't need a reference anymore for help. I always assume that you go to a doctor and he signs a bit of paper saying, aye, that's fine, go and get help. When I went last August, he went, oh, we don't reference anymore because we were giving people references to go and get professional help and they weren't turning up. Mm -hmm. So now here's phone numbers, here's places. So if you even think that you can't bring yourself to go to a doctor to speak about it, know that the help is there immediately. You don't need to wait two weeks for an appointment with a doctor because they'll just move you on to the next people anyway. And that... That's something that should be getting publicised. That's especially with when we're in a stage where men's mental health is getting such high, like the suicide rates are going up, and it's getting such high sort of profile in the media and stuff. Advertise something saying that. Mm. By the way, don't need to go to a doctor if you're feeling like shit. Here's a phone number. Here's a place to go to. The big one for me is Chris's house. I send everybody to Chris's house, and the phones me suicide, depression. They're just a wee ch- non. They don't get funding. So what is but Chris's house? It's a mental health charity, but they're people, proper people, and the professionals as well. They've got to balance everything, but they just fucking take in straight away. You know what I mean? It's no because like, somebody men's group you can only go to once a week. So if you if you're on Wednesday, and next group's a Tuesday, you shouldn't be waiting till next Tuesday if you're not feeling good. You should be contacting somebody pretty rapidly. Aye, but like Samaritans, Chris's house, there's hundreds of them, and it is. It's just your experience in it, like. Yeah, because I would never have used online. I'm too too lazy to use the internet, and I'm too cynical to use books and fucking online diaries, mm-hmm. but. Just opening up to somebody because it was a telephone thing I'd done and just chatting to somebody down the phone in my living room made me feel comfortable, made me feel at ease. Mm-hmm. They gave me like one or two little techniques. There was one sentence that stood out like a sore thumb and like a little bit that I had to read from them. And I've had been fucking not hunky dory, I'll never be fully hunky dory, but I felt fucking very chipper ever since. You're aware of it more now, aren't you? Yeah, you that's can it. Handle aye. it better and you can have open, more open conversations. Yeah. But I think it's brilliant, man. It's even just the fact that. What you said there, get get to the place where you can, like Chrissy's house or phoning the Samaritans very quickly. But it's even the fact that a community-run group is there every week or every two weeks for you. That's amazing. That shows that people in the community are actually caring for each other and they're noticing the shift and change that Danny's talking about. It's more normalised to be open and talk about it. So there's places that are there that will give people the opportunity to do that. And if you're feeling like that, like Danny said a while back, talk to somebody, man. Open up. Don't be afraid to open those doors because when I did in GA, as you've heard me speak about in this podcast before, I was bricking it. Bricking it, I was my perception of what it was was completely different from what it ended up being. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just a normal place with normal people, 
that were struggling and had either come through it and were helping other people or were in the same boat as me, you know, just walking in that day. And you'll get so much strength and identification for that. So you up for it, Shane? I was going to say, fuck, for a comedian, I haven't laughed in this podcast for about 10 solid minutes. <laughs> he's, he's actually this is my best material. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll definitely go to your show. Yeah, Gary, you've, you've actually made them start swearing uncensored on social media with that chat. I've just been tweeting the whole time going, fuck this cunt shit, dick. Just all stars in. Well, I was like, I was going to awkwardly jump in at some stage, but like, I honestly think after that, which is like a very poignant chat, and it's an important chat, I don't want to take away from that, but I think now's the perfect time for our new favourite game. The Urban Dictionary Quiz. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I thought you'd come into it all like, <laughs> I just thought that was a new jingle there. Uh, right. <laughs> do, 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 and we've got defending champion, Shane. So Am Shane, I defending champion? You are. You're the defending champion. Right, well, let's, let's fucking do this properly then. So, boobs and wellies and bums and jazz. What does it mean? The Urban Dictionary Quiz. you got to get rid of that. I, I really like the jingle. <laughs> but but when, he, when he throws it to me, I need the the to nah. give it. About a rhythm. It's getting better. We're working on it. I still think we should just take the first one and then fucking just put it in and post. Okay, so, mate. So hello and welcome to the Urban Dictionary Quiz. The Urban Dictionary Quiz. Like, that's the applause. That's Gary's kids <laughs> and the applause here for this one. They're on the piss uh, now, right? <laughs> so uh, just to explain the rules to you, Gary, we're going to read out a word from the Urban Dictionary. You're going to give us what your perceived definition is of it. James, you want to play the role of judge again? I'll be the judge. Right, cool. So again, we'll have like a little bit of banter. Can I, have a, can I have an example first? Because I'm quite simple. Yep, no worries. So I've, I've got... never actually seen a dictionary before in my life, I don't think. <laughs> so the Urban is Dictionary... It's just a scheme dictionary. It's oh, just what I? the scheme words mean, except oh, okay. the scheme is the world. Every fucking heinous, rude word in the internet is on the Urban Dictionary. Right, so okay. I'm trying to think of the last time when we had uh, the wee man in. One of the ones was Fuck De La Pluck. And the definition of that was it's a game <laughs> you play where a man and a woman take turns ripping their pubic hair out and putting it in a cup. The, f- the, the first one who says, oh, that's too sore, they need to eat the pubes that are in the cup. <laughs> so, so you just need to guess what the word means. This, Shane? Yeah, so basically it's, a, it's me versus like you. Shaves, if you. If you lose it, you have to play it. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, mate, you should I'd... see my pubes. They're everywhere. It's from the neck down. I'm all pubes. I'm going to grab them so hard. <laughs> <laughs> After I grab your dick so hard, this is he's plucking weird. with his teeth. <laughs> this is weird. I'm telling you, Shane, a grand or suck your dick. <laughs> Mate, I've only got kidding, kidding, t- a John and Donna kebab. I was gonna say I've got two fifty and half a crabbies here. I don't know what that crabbies are. The white crabbies. Yeah. <laughs> right. Tell you where the game does is a, on. Tell you where does a delicious cup of pubes. Scoffable.com. Scoffable.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's for so all your horse pubes. <laughs> so right, I'll read out the first word, Gary. I'll give you the first go, um, and it is. A fuck cream Sunday. So, what would you think a fuck cream Sunday is? Uh, like a Sunday you get out, of, like when you get out of the shorts, rice giving stuff, but we come on it. Shane, I'm gonna say it's when, uh, yeah, it's hard to think of something different than that. I want to say you both jizz in the cup, then you freeze it. And then you eat it. So it's kind of you both make the Sunday, and then you eat it. Right, okay, I'll read it out, and then Judge James, you can decide. You're both pretty much on the button. A fuck cream Sunday is when a male ejaculates onto a freshly made <laughs> Sunday during the end of sexual orientation. 
He then proceeds to put a cherry on top and begins <laughs> eating it with his spouse out of sexual pleasure. Mm. So he didn't see ice cream. He said frozen cum. So I won. Yeah, no, yeah that, that's I, you. It's at least a three, though. Sorry, mate. I'm I'd competitive as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, fucking, I'm the defending champion. So you're going <laughs> fucking down. Right. So, so one now to Gary. One now yeah. to Gary. Right. So, First time I've just won a game. I was <laughs> so, a fat kid at school. I was like the referee. It's the best of three. So if you get this one, Gary, then you are the new champion of Urban Dictionary oh, Quiz. Fucking yes. So the second term is Bibby Gogger. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> And it's two separate words, Bibby Gogger. So that's going to be dressed up as a baby and get spat on or something? <laughs> Bibby Gogger? Not, a, not again. I reckon it's when you jizz on someone's chest and then you get the fucking the sheet and you wrap it around their neck like a wee bib and then you get them to dribble. So like... That's, a weird baby thing. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Shane's never babysitting again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to say he's both way off on this one. Um, it is a person who pulls down their pants and farts really loud on a chair. <laughs> Do that every night. <laughs> Gary. Am I a baby gogger? Yeah. Uh, Gary's a baby gogger. The, the sound it makes on a leather couch. It's, oh, it's beautiful, fart, isn't it? Fart on a couch, uh, man. I just, especially when someone's next to you and then you look at them and you wait for their reaction. Uh, just, As a dude that doesn't fart, I fucking hate farts so bad. Shut up, I'm not getting into your fart now. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Like, so this is us going for the we'll go for the, draw, famous, the famous drunk therapy urban dictionary quiz draw. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> the thing we need so that we ensure that Shane plays it again the next time. <laughs> uh, so the third and final word is chabangatang. <laughs> <laughs> so Shane if you want to go first with your guess for Chabangatang basically I think it, it's when before you have sex you, you're both acting as orangutans obviously at this stage um, the smaller one gets on the back of the taller one picks the nits and nah, I don't know you can't bang someone while they're picking your nits fuck Certainly not yours. Chimpanzee sex. I don't know, just some form of chimpanzee sex. Knuckles on the ground, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Hey, Gary, Chibangatang. When your bird's got a hairy fanny, right, and she sits on your face, so you look like Chewbacca, and then she pulls the nits out your hair. <laughs> so I've not actually read this one, so I'll let you. Right, so I'm going to read out the definition, and I think this might have actually worked out quite nicely for Shane to stay on as reigning champion. Fuck. The act of one having sexual intercourse with a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the monkey. It, it's, the, it's, the, it's the famous draw. Sorry, Gary. I'll but let him win. I'll well let him done, win. guys. Well done. You, you both go home happy. Neither of you get a prize. <laughs> the most fucked game, eh? You can't win. So, Ga- Gary, you go away with the consolation prize My of kids. being a. <laughs> the, the title of Bibby Gogger. Have you, have you had a nice day? Have you enjoyed your experience? playing the Urban Dictionary quiz it's been amazing and I'm so happy to identify as a baby gogger <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes another game yeah it does yeah and again if Dave uh, do you know what I was thinking see if fucking do you remember Granada Men and Motors the TV channel Fuck yeah that was that was prime pawns see if Granada Men and Motors was still on TV we would be in our fourth series of fucking Urban Dictionary <laughs> quiz by now <laughs> What was he? What was he? Antoine? What was his name? What Eurotrash. Was oh, oh. I, I had a wank one time at Eurotrash, right? Just once? Uh, well, many a times, but this, <laughs> this was the end. This was Index, and I was, I was having a wank, and it was a bird in a bikini dancing from the back, and it turned round, and it was a guy with a beard. <laughs> oh, and we'll I, finished, be- I finished to give me my jew, you know what I mean? But 
speed up. Your process is amazing, How weird and fun was that? When we were younger, we had live TV, which was topless darts and I can't mind painted ladies. Yeah, naked news. Ten minute free view. Mm. Was your thing my Where first, is, That was my first wank 10 minute preview Thank you oh, Fucking yeah. Like the babe station stuff mm. like, I just like the, the lassie Just like fucking Slowly taking her Try to get, you get your, your Card ready that, that, This was literally Just the a channel. 10 minute preview Taped babe. And then That was my first Complete wank I was like That's amazing I mean, Mine was a magazine I think my first wank oh. Babe station would have been About early teens for us So maybe that would Came along just as Puberty was kind of Playboy TV wasn't it? NTL was when it all Kicked off Aye And then You think of the fucking small children today who just have access to pornography. Where did you get New away? Zealand just sheep and bras? Nah, mate. <laughs> New Zealand sells the youngest of four. So my my brother used to uh, supply me with my porn, but he didn't even know. Like I knew he had porn. I knew his hiding spot. So I'd at this stage he didn't even live in the same house. I'd bike round to his house, make a f- like. Oh, bro, I need to talk. I really need to talk. And he'd be like, oh yeah, man, I'll just go make a coffee. While he'd do that, I'd skip off. Steal his porn and go, oh, right, I don't need to talk anymore. Get on my bike <laughs> and have half an hour of just joyous me time. You and, know? <laughs> and also, no shit. Fucking, I honestly forgot about this. Bush porn was definitely a thing. Like, we lived at the beach, right? So there was sand dunes, probably about 50 metres of sand dunes. And we always knew where the homeless people lived because there was just a wicked stash of porn there. And, you know, as you're, you're a 10-year-old, and you're like, I don't even know what to do with my penis, but... I definitely know what a vagina looks like in the 70s. You know, that's like, when I, I love up, that shit. When I grew up, I want to be homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the porn. Yeah, exactly. I uh, I remember when I was first trying to masturbate i was fucking I think you got really polite there. i don't know it's, there's it's just some, awkward, something very sensitive about I've the word your walked in the no no i tried using two hands the first time because i didn't sure. know what was going on absolutely not this uh, is the proud small penis wasn't podcast <laughs> i i want us to change our name to the proud small penis podcast so it definitely wasn't that but i don't know i just had no idea what i was doing so there was i thought it was any idea have i said this before the first time i ever came was getting a hand job yeah, you yeah, have. I've told us that before, yeah. Hey, Off of who? <laughs> himself. His brother. He's auntie. I don't want to say her name because she she messaged me on Facebook not long ago and I'm like, fuck, she might listen. Yeah. Um before you go, mate, we uh, will have announced it by now, so casual as you like. Um so we've announced that we are going to be doing a Glasgow comedy show on the so it's thursday the 12th of march at broadcast uh tickets are a fiver they're on sale now in sea tickets all on the glasgow comedy festival website we have no idea we just booked it yeah we kind of went oh how do we like you know take the next step on because we did a sub crawl recently we um, went full wayne's world too is the way to put it we were all collectively sleeping together uh fucking who's it terry wogan came to us in a dream Led us through the desert and went, lads, you're going to put on a live podcast show. Amazing. So what do we do, mate? You're the king of live shows. Just keep this format. This would be funny as fuck, my crowd. Think so? M- maybe not speaking about the mental health, because obviously... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's important. that stuff, eh? No, but keep it, I think the games and that is good. The, and at the start, like, shagging throws an auntie, so there's going to be somebody in that crowd that shagged an auntie. <laughs> it's going to be Glasgow, somebody... It's a Glasgow Comedy Festival, I come on. kind of hope that somebody walks out, like, angry at some point. From what we've said, like one thing we've said. If anyone comes that hasn't heard this podcast before, they'll be very, very confused as well, to what people, the fuck is going on. If people like the format of this podcast, and obviously they're going to come and see your show live. This seems a bit redundant to say. It is. 
if you don't listen to this podcast, don't come. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're a non-listener, right? you're non-listener. If you're not listening right now, all 6.3 billion of you, <laughs> fuck off, right? It's, it's mental though, because like normally if I was doing you know anything like that, I'd be like, fuck, invite all the friends, all the, invite all the family, your instant crowd. But I'm like... Oh, I don't really know who I want to come to this. Like, I'm not going to invite my girlfriend or any of her family or, you know what yeah, I mean? No, I uh, I think we need to invite the girlfriends, bolster the numbers, and <laughs> then they just have to be exposed to how fucking mental we are, mate. Because, mm-hmm. uh, well, your girlfriend knows, but I don't think my girlfriend knows half of the shit I've said in this podcast and she would probably throw me out. Plus, the thing it. is, we've got 64 tickets to sell. And if we invite your girl, have sold? Is it out yet? No. It's only just went out a few hours ago, so we are can't currently still have sixty four tickets to have sell. We, we I'm going to buy two. They are, they are literally on sale at the minute. I'm going to come watch these. Yes. Well, who, who just are you coming an, with? This is an endorsement from Gary Folds. You you'll come and we'll be like, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, our first guest, <laughs> Gary Folds. <laughs> By the way, did I say tickets were five pounds? I said they were thirteen thousand five hundred pounds. <laughs> I'm only here to talk about fucking my frozen auntie guys. <laughs> This is Frozen Aunties Anonymous. It'll just be like a live test product on, it, on stage. We've got one. Who's there? Um, she should do it in a church see if it goes in fire. Wait, I live in a church. He oh, actually does. I, yeah. Do you know what I was going to say? So I was going to introduce a politics embargo to this podcast whilst the election's on. Not that we speak about it a lot anyway, but one thing I wanted... Fucking bricks. <laughs> one thing I, I wanted... I club the club and just walk out like, fuck this. I was laughing like fuck at the fact that they were talking about 16-year-olds being allowed the vote or not. And I remembered that the first time I was legally allowed to vote, I voted for the Scottish Christian Party because <laughs> I thought that when I died and I could go to the pearly gates and it would go, any evidence that you're good? I'd be like, mind that time I voted Scottish Christian Party. And they'd be like, oh, he's done us. He's done us. He's fucking got us in a run around here. So uh, I, no more can, politics Can you just that. make up a party, do you think? You can. Uh, it's two hundred pound. I think. What's stand? the guy? That's no way. The mental. Does a mental guy? Monster South. Oh, Monst- I'm, I'm going to start the Springburn National Party <laughs> and just confuse the fuck out of everybody and just have my logo mustard. No, you need, you need to call it the Springburn National Peg. Because <laughs> people would just think it was the SNP and vote for it. Like you have voted a fucking idiot by yeah. the way. Two hundred quid. Fucking your frozen auntie is now illegal. <laughs> uh, that's the that's the main policy. We're trying must, through. And every radio station must have drunk therapy. Uh, Oh, that, you're too kind, mate. Um, so you're coming to the gig slash going on stage for five minutes, um, and you had your hand up there, didn't you? Yeah, I, I just, I just wanted to say something before you leave because I, I feel bad about it and I've got to get it off my chest. When James said Gary's coming in, and I was like, "Who's Gary?" Because <laughs> I'm not from this country. And he said a comedian. I thought he meant Gary Tank Commander. Is there any like beef between you and him? And if not, Th- can no- you fight at our live show? There's no beef. I quite like him, right? But I was in the army Ooh. and my name was Gary <laughs> and everybody called me fucking Gary Tank Commander <laughs> and I love cheesy pasta, you know what I mean? So, but if anything, he's a bit of a hero so I'd let him win the fight. Uh, Greg McHugh's a good guy. But I'll fucking fight Conor McGregor. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you get caught a punch as fucking he did. Right? At broadcast in March. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The things I'll do for you guys ticket sales, man. That's what we need to do. Just promise all these things and then after it will be like a WWE live show where they just promise all just these headline acts. celebrities for fights. <laughs> Definitely have. On, on a slightly more serious note, we've said that we're going to do it in support of mental health charities. So I think Gary's made a good campaign for Chrissy's house to be. 
Chrissy's well, let's just make it one because we're not going to make a lot of money unless we do a raffle and we get some prizes. I've just sold two tickets for twenty-seven grand. That covers our cost of booking the venue. I'll give you a donation of five hundred pound. If you do it for Chrissy's house, we'll do it. We'll definitely do it for Chrissy's house. Yep. There we cool. go. Five hundred quid in the bag, and we day. take we take what ninety nine percent of all the <laughs> yeah, 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 I was going to say after our expenses, guys. <laughs> so that is now five hundred and one pound fifty <laughs> going to Chrissy's house. But we've heard how fiscally responsible you are, so you might not have that five hundred by March. <laughs> oh, you'll get it. You'll get it. After a big yeah. gig, after a big gig, we'll get you up then. Nah, mate. Well, I've got Motherwell. That's in February anyway, so that's like... We'll be outside selling tickets for the show. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, guys. Welcome. Um, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you in. I'm sure we're going to have you in again, because this is this hour's Let, let me try and get pissed, because I'm worse when I'm pissed. Aye, let's do that, and uh, just bring the wains in and get pissed next time as well. Uh, I've got the math at the end of the day now, so... Oh, struggles are real, man. Struggles are real. But, Thanks, uh, it's been a great setup. Nice to spend time with you. I really appreciate it. And guys, honestly, see if you want to buy... Aye, Shane. weird. <laughs> <laughs> just an alcoholic just sitting there he's drinking he's by himself on the drunk <laughs> therapy podcast he's hundreds of pubes that he's got <laughs> drink shagging his aunties <laughs> he's frozen granny sticking to work because of the pubes censoring his bad language uh, the I'm whole time dark I'm going to fight fucking New Zealand man I wonder what's going on there <laughs> <laughs> she's the ambassador for New Zealand she's Shane she was by the pubes and he's frozen grannies like oh, I'm going to end this before I actually die <laughs> that's the style yeah. of pubes in New Zealand I'll have you know yeah. <laughs> you've got Tickets, uh, you're doing SEC again, aren't you? Next year, 19th of September. Tickets are on sale again right yeah, now, aren't no, they? No, Friday they're going. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, now, by the time yeah, this so. goes out, yeah. So after you get ours, after you sell out our <laughs> live show, buy Gary's tickets as well. Really appreciate you coming in. That was Drunk Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast, go listen to some of the other ones. The old you would have. If you're on socials, like us there as well. Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Therapy. It's something weird on Twitter, which I can't remember right now. Oh, thank you guys, I appreciate it.